0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Those of you that know me know that I don't like using these little things, but I'm going to give it a try today and see what happens, right? So um, so today we are continuing in our current series that we're in called Sacred Community. Um, so if you're new with us, we're going through this series together, um, and it's just really diving into that sacred community um, and, and what it means to be a part of of the church together. Uh, Today, we had a beautiful time of worship um, just now, and we're going to talk about worship today, um, specifically what it means to worship together. Um, So in uh, transparency, this slide that says Worship Together is actually the logo um, for a company called Worship Together. So just wanted to give them credit. I didn't like steal this off the internet or um, you know, make it on my own and pre- try to pretend I made it. It's uh, another company's logo. So um, I don't think they'll mind if I use it for this, right? So when I uh, when I start to speak on a topic like this, I like to do some research. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, oh, why is the youth pastor speaking to us about worship? You know, it's like, why isn't the worship pastor speaking to us about worship? And I would just like to throw out that he specifically said, no, I'm not gonna do that. so uh, so then it was just passed to me and it was like, hey, you're gonna do this now and I was like, all right, so um, yeah something like that, you know some, <laughs> something like that. Um, uh, it, it wasn't lazy no like and, and honestly, I think I think it was more like specifically like he did, like he felt like he wasn't supposed to, you know so that's okay that's that's a that's a good thing following the lead of the spirit, right so Um, All right, so when I do research on a new topic, one of the first things that I always do, and it sounds like backwards, right? And it is. Kind of start with this, and then I go to scripture. So, kind of, you know, question my methods if you want, but that's fine. I go to the dictionary, right? And I look up what that word means, right? So, if you guys go to the dictionary here, and you look up, this is from, like, Webster's dictionary, um, and it says... That worship, um, and I, I love that that pronunciation, right? Worship, right? That's it's pretty cool there, right? Um, so it says worshipped, or worshipped, worshiping, or also worshiping. You guys know the difference between two p's and one p when it comes to the word worshiping or worshipped. British people, like, I learned that when I did this research. Like, British people use two p's and Americans use one. Who would have thought, right? So. It's just, a, it's just a preference thing. Both are correct. Neither one are misspelled, right? So it's the beauty of the English language, right? Um, so it lists some synonyms of worship if you click on that link. Um, I didn't do that, obviously. Uh, transitive verb. So basically, a couple of possibilities for a definition here. To honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. It's what we think of when we worship God, right? Uh, The second one is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. This is the type of worship that you would give towards someone like a king or, as it lists here, a celebrity worshipped by her fans, right? So um, then there's an intransitive verb. It's to perform or take part in worship or an act of worship. Um, So used less commonly is a worshiper, right? So that's a noun. Um, It describes the person. So to be known, obviously, as a a worshiper would be a really cool thing, right? Like you are a worshiper. That is a noun that describes what you are, a person, place, or a thing, right? So um, that is a definition of worship. Um, Then, like I said, I go to the Bible. Again, maybe backwards for some people, and that is what it is, right? Uh, But it's just my method, what I use. So when I went to the Bible and I researched the word worship in the Bible, it came up with two hundred and fifty-four results. Uh, I, were, I also realized that there's other words in the Bible that can mean very similar things to worship. So I looked up "exalt." That was list. That was in the Bible, and this is the NIV version of the Bible. Ninety-seven times. Uh, praise. The word praise. We always associate those two words together: praise and worship, right? Uh, and that is listed three hundred and sixty-three times in the NIV Bible. And then glorify is listed 19 times. Altogether, 733 times these words are mentioned in our Bible. It is something that is very important, very important. And so um, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into worship and what that means today. Uh, But I do want to talk a bit about that second definition there, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And it lists specifically a celebrity worshiped by her fans. Um, and I thought that was when I read that in the in the dictionary, I was like, wow. like they are like our dictionary like sees that people literally worship other people, right? Like we we do that. and and the thing is, like when you think of worship, it sounds like, no, I would never worship another person. but really, when you go to that first definition or the second one there, it's essentially, showing great extravagant respect, honor, devotion, and we do give other things our worship in our lives, right? If you really, really think about it deep down, there are other things that we give that same attention to, and it doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. It's okay to be a fan of something, right? Um, So some people are huge fans of Justin Bieber, right? Justin Bieber, a huge super fan of Justin Bieber is called a Belieber. I don't know if you guys have heard that before, right? So they're, li- it's literally a fan group and they like have like messages online on like, you know, the different. like they're, they are like a community of believers, Believers, right? <laughs> Not believers, but they're believers in Justin Bieber, right? So anyways, if you guys see there, like there's like, there's just in the bottom left corner, I love this picture because it's just kind of funny. It's like, She has JB written on her cheek, and she's literally crying because she's like, he's right there. He's right there, you know. So um, those are fans of Justin Bieber. Taylor Swift, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. They are called Swifties. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. But Taylor Swift fans are called Swifties, and they're like super fans of Taylor Swift. And you can see there a few pictures of people um, who are super into Taylor Swift. Literally, one of them has a shirt that says Taylor Swift or Die. I don't know if you guys heard about recently people trying to get tickets to her concert and she like literally broke the internet when her tickets went up for sale people were sitting there clicking refresh over and over and again trying to buy these tickets and there were thousands of dollars and people were trying to buy these tickets to her concert so um, people get super super passionate about what they love right it's it's and it's a normal thing some people can take it a little too far Um, Ed Sheeran fans, they're called Cheerios, Um, like Cheerios, because because they are, uh, I mean, he's British, anyways, Uh, Nicole would probably be a a Cheerio, she loves Ed Sheeran, Um, that's like one of her favorite artists, right? Uh, Katy Perry fans, you know what they're called? Katy Cats, it's just a little random thing. I, you know, uh, they just kind of come up with it. I don't know. Who knows? Like the fans think it's cool. I, who knows? Who knows how they come to be? Uh, but Katy Perry, if you know anything about her, uh, you've probably heard the story. Her dad was a pastor, right? So she grew up um, in a Christian home. She actually started off, and you can go find, you can Google this and find it. Her first album was a Christian album. She was a Christian female like singer, right? When she started off, under a different name not under the name Katy Perry, Um, but if you go Google it, you'll find it, and you can listen to that album, a Christian, like, CCM radio album that she put out, right? Um, But obviously, things kind of changed. She wasn't very accepted in the Christian world, and she just essentially threw all that to the side and became something totally different, right? Um, I'm not going to get into all that and the nuances of it, but what I will say is her dad uh, is actually, you know, I think still a pastor, but for, um, this was a quote that I pulled from several years ago. Uh, He was talking to some people about his daughter, and what he said was, I was at a concert of Katie's recently where there were over 20,000 people there. I was watching this generation, and they were going at it. It almost looked like church. Uh, I stood there, and I wept, and I kept on weeping and weeping. They're loving and worshiping the wrong thing, and that, that, I've heard people say it before to me. It's always hit me. It's always just hit me because it's like, you know, how many times in my life have I been guilty of worshiping the wrong thing, right? And I and I know that I have, and you're going to see in a second that I have. So I'm a huge Duke fan. You can go to the next slide here. Um, Duke fans, specifically their student section, are called Cameron Crazies. Okay, uh, as you can see right there. They're pretty nuts, right? Like, they paint their bodies, they paint their faces, they go crazy. When there's someone like inbounding the ball, right, from the other team, they're, they're like, you know, in their faces. Like, I mean, it, it gets intense over there in that student section. And so, like, they literally are fanatics about their team. Um, again, and I am a Duke fan, so uh, I was going to point this out to a couple of people that here are I know our Carolina fans but you know conveniently they didn't show up today so I'm kidding Stacy's actually back in the back teaching our kids so I told her I would like make a make a little joke about that um but yeah it's uh you know Duke won last night I was excited it was it was a, it was a good thing right you know barely you're right it was a really good game both teams played hard yeah a win is a win you're right you're right um and actually side note Ann I thought about you this week I'm sorry with um, the, the Bengals didn't make it, you know, to the, your team didn't make it to the Super Bowl, so Anne is a huge uh, Bengals fan, so uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and yeah, so she loves them, hey, maybe next year, right, you know, you just never know, but sorry for your loss, by the way, happy birthday, I saw it was your birthday, it's Anne's birthday, everyone say happy birthday, Anne, um, so you got the camera crazies, right, just purely devoted fans, this even exists at, like, Christian colleges. I went to Liberty University, and it even exists there. So if you go to the next slide, you'll see people that are going crazy there. And if you'll notice that guy in the bottom right corner, he looks kind of familiar, right? Uh, literally, and I and I, I always tell people this, like, so at Liberty now, there's a, a, a student section called uh, the Lunatics, and there's the Jerry's Jokers as well, right? Our, our founder was Jerry Falwell, so there's Jerry's Jokers. Um, they go crazy. The top right corner you see there. But i just like to point out to people that me and my friends, we started that tradition. So I just like, that's that's proof. This is from 2007, and it shows that we started it. So anyways, um, as you can see, it's pretty scary looking. And I obviously, I was a fanatic about my team. I cared so much about Liberty, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, so I thought about, as I was thinking about You know, how we treat our favorite teams, our favorite, um, you know, celebrities, what we feel about them, the feelings that we get towards them. I thought this thought, I said, if only we were as passionate about worshiping God as we are about our favorite musician or sports team. So uh, I would like to point out that this is the Georgia Stadium (laughs) as they're about to begin a game running onto the field. Um, The national champion champion (laughs) Georgia Bulldogs. (laughs) If you guys, if you, yeah, two in a row, two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. I had to get all that correct, right? Uh, if you, It goes to you guys that don't know. Our pastors are huge, huge Georgia fans. They went to Georgia. Um, so Josh and Lee over here in the corner, they, they love Georgia. And look, there is nothing wrong with loving your favorite sports team. Nothing wrong with that at all. I just want to make that very, very clear. But I know that there's some times where I've been guilty of maybe like, putting that a little too much importance on that, right? And I'm not saying that Josh and Leah do. They definitely don't. They love their sports team. Um, But it's about putting your devotion in the right places, right? And so there's times where we kind of have to check ourselves and look at our motives and and see where we're at when it comes to our hearts of worship, right? So uh, I thought through all that when it comes to worship. um, But what I wanted to do after that is I thought through the idea that we are called to worship together, right? To, together. It's, it's something that we do. The, um, you know, the sacred community series that we're in, if I just talked about worship and that was it, it doesn't really apply to what we're talking about with the body of Christ, right? But it, the important concept here is worshiping together. Like, it's something we are called to do. <clears throat> it's something that we should place a huge emphasis on in our lives. Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses here to you. So I think the next slide there, Romans 15. Um and you guys can read along if you'd like. So may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward in one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. And one thing to point out there is you have words here, Jews and Gentiles, right? These are two different generations, like two two different uh, backgrounds like leading all the way back up to um to Abraham, right? And so you look at these two, like two different races, right? And God is saying, hey, like, and in here, Paul is saying in Romans, My, like, I came to this earth to bring those two nations together. Like, I came to do that. And so it says right here, um, and this is Paul quoting Old, Old Testament scripture, right? So he says, um, as it is written in Old, in Old Testament, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing the praises of your name. And that's found in Psalm 1849. And then again it says, "Rejoice, you Gentiles, with His people." Deuteronomy 32:43. And then again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples extol him." Uh, Psalm 117:1. 1. And then again, Isaiah says, "The root of Jesse will spring up and are one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope." And that's Isaiah 11.10. So then it goes on to say, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I like that verse because it talks about bringing people together. And that's super, super important to me. Um, And as I I continued to research about worship, I came across several passages in Psalms, like, Like a psalm is literally like a hymn of worship, right? So that's a great place to look for for things that talk about how to worship the Lord. Um, So I I just picked out, like there's so many that I could have picked out, but I picked out six of them um, that I just really liked as I was worshiping it, or as I was researching worship and worshiping God this week too, obviously. But Psalm 86.9 says, All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. Psalm 95, 6 says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before our maker. Psalm 66, 4 says, all the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Um, And then Psalm 95, 1 says, oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 132, 7 says, let us go into his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Uh, Psalm 102.22 says, When the peoples in the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. And it talks about, it, there's, it's the, like the second half of a sentence, but it's talking about when people come together to worship the Lord. When I researched this and I started looking through Psalm, like the, the verses that I found, there were so many that talked about worshiping together. There's a lot of verses that also talk about, I will worship, I will do this. And it's okay to have moments of worship by yourself. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, um, and I would highly encourage it. Like throughout your week, you know, for me, I drive. I have a forty-minute drive to work, back and forth every day. It's usually more and later in the day because there's more traffic later in the day. Uh, but you know, I, I I put on a podcast. I listen to sports talk radio. I do that sometimes. It's something I enjoy. But I also about a couple months back. We were trying to pick songs for Elemental coming up, and we have a band that we put together, and we're going to lead worship for it. And I started, like, listening to all these worship songs on my drive home from school every day. And I started noticing that, like, it affected me, right? It affected my spirit. It affected how I felt with the rest of my day that day. And it carried over into the next day, too. Um, And so I started realizing I was listening to so many, like, podcasts that— that's great. There's nothing wrong. I mean, like, some of them I listened to were, like, the Vineyard podcast, right? Um, I was listening to, like, our Vineyard Youth podcast called Red Point. I I was doing a lot of really good things that were fine, but, like, it's still important to take that time for me to worship our Lord, like, by myself, alone, with Him, just me and Him, and that's super important. But what we're going to talk about today is worshiping together and the power of worshiping together. Um, So, If you go to the the, the next slide, there's the worship together, and there's five different things that we're going to talk through. And obviously, there are so many different things I could have said here. I just picked five, five things that we can focus on worshiping together in our sacred community. The first one is together in song, together in song, Uh, and I went back to a psalm for this Psalm 102 says, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, right? So there's so many passages I could have picked for this one, but it's very clear that we're supposed to make music before our Lord. Like that is a beautiful thing, and it's, it's something that we are called to do. And it's when we think of the word worship, when we think of praise. We think of music, right? We think of what we just did a few minutes ago where we played some songs and we sang together. And that's super, super important. And we should absolutely do that But it's not the only way that we worship together. Obviously, if I got up here and talked about worship together and I didn't mention song, I would be missing a huge, huge part of that, right? Um, so I definitely wanted to start with that. And it, and it is something that we should never neglect. If I only listened to worship songs in my truck on the way home from work by myself and then I never went to church... I am missing such a huge part of what God has called me to do. My heart is not going to fully experience His love unless I gather together in a sacred community with others to worship Him together. We are called to do that, and it's so, so important. Um, The second thing is worshiping together in creation. Worshiping together in creation. Uh, so Isaiah 55:12 says, "You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into songs before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands, right? And the New Testament says that if we don't worship Him, that the rocks will cry out, right? And that's such a beautiful thing. If we don't stand up and do this, like nature will literally worship our God because he created it and it's beautiful. Um, when I think of this, like worshiping together in creation, again I think of some moments where I've worshipped God um, all by myself in nature. There's times where, like when I was feeling kind of lost and didn't know where I was at in life, uh, where I lived in Virginia, there was a a pretty cool mountain um, it was, it was called They're called the Peaks of Otter. They're right next to each other, and one almost called Sharp Top, and one almost called Flat Top. And I used to every now and then just hike to the top of Sharp Top, just be alone with God in nature and that was such a beautiful experience. Um, You get to the top, and you can see, like, for miles and miles, I think it's like something like 30 or 40 miles, you can see everything if it's a clear day, and it's just beautiful up there, and I just sit up there, and I just think about, like, how, like, how small we are in his, in his creation, like, we're, we're just a speck, and this is such a beautiful, like, I just look out and just see this, these mountains. Every time I go sit by the sea and, and sit there, it's just, like, it's beautiful, and it's amazing, but you know, I see the, the 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 waves rolling in. It just, I, I love, I love hearing running water. I think, uh, I, I saw something this week that talked about the importance of being near water and what that can do to your brain, right? Like, so God's creation was made to help us be able to experience Him. Um, now, there's a difference between worshiping creation itself and worshiping our Creator who created the creation, right? I just want to make sure I'm clarifying now that we are called to worship him, and the fact that he created all these amazing things, right? Um, But I will say this, my experiences being alone in nature have been great and been awesome, amazing experiences, but they're better together, right? Like, so after I started dating Nicole, I took her to that same mountain. I should have thrown a picture up on the screen of this. I took her to that same mountain where I had these experiences alone with God, and I had that experience with the woman who would become my future wife, you know, and it was it was so much better having her there with me than it was by myself, right? And and I just think that's that's the theme here. When we worship together, whether it be in song or whether it be in creation, that it's always better together. Always better together. Never try to go through this world through this life alone. We're not called for that. We're not called to that. We're not made for that. Um. All right, so that's worship together in creation. The next one is worship together in deed. And the verse for this one is Colossians 3, 23 through 24. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And a lot of times, you know, we kind of like get get scared of that whole idea of like, Working right because you like we don't work to earn our salvation. It's a free gift, amen. Like it's something that God gives us. Um, but like James talks about, you know, faith without deeds. He talks about that whole deal. Uh, and I think that like there's a power here that we see in Colossians and in so many other scriptures. I just chose that one um, of serving the Lord together. Like that can be worship. It's not necessarily like, like you said. It's, a lot of times we think of worship as being just song. We sing together. But when we go out and we serve our community together as a church, those are some amazing times, right? Um, I know like when we partner with embolden Ministries and we go out to uh, you know, different apartment complexes and pass out food, like that is worship. That is absolutely worship. And a lot of times we don't think of that. Think of it that way. But it is worship. And it's how we can respond to a God who created those people and he wants us to show him his love. That is worship, 100%. And I think that every time we think through doing something like that, if you think through it as, oh, I'm just checking something off the list, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do this, then obviously it's not going to be worship to you. Um, I could have thrown one of these up there. I could have thrown as worship in giving, right? I could have done that. Um, that's another thing too. When when you, when you give, like when you serve, these are things that we do in a heart of worship. And so maybe today you're, you're thinking through these things and you're like, man, you know, honestly, like maybe I don't slow down enough to worship God's creation. Like, maybe maybe I don't. Like, when I do serve, when I do give, like, maybe I'm kind of, like, just checking it off the list and I'm not really actually taking time to worship Him in the midst of that, right? Um, so those are a couple of things I wanted to point out. The fourth thing is worship together in diversity. Um, and Revelation 7, 9 through 10, really, really sums this up perfectly, I think. It says... After this I looked, and there were before me a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, and people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And here what I see is, obviously, together they're crying out to their Lord, right? Um, but I, I think that beautiful part there says a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe, every nation, every people, every language. And that's a beautiful thing. So when I thought through this idea of worshiping together in diversity, I thought through the idea of like what we normally think is the way we look, right? Like our, mostly race, right? Like worshiping together in, in diversity when it comes to our races. Um, but there's so many other things that come into that, right? Right. Um, there's age. It's a big thing, right? Worshiping together with people who aren't the same age bracket as us. There's worshiping together with people who aren't in the same income bracket, right? There's worshiping together with people that just don't look like you, right? So you may be someone who's super into sports, and like you're a sports sports person, and that's great, you know, but like if you can't sit down and worship with someone who might be into video games, then like Like, what are we doing? We need to come together with people who don't look like us. And that's one thing that I love about this church is we have people from all walks of life. We have people from all races. We have people from all ages here in this church and all income brackets. And it's a beautiful thing to see the people of God coming together from every type of background and worshiping together. And I always tell people like, look around you and see who's around you when you're worshiping. And if everyone looks like you, might be a problem, right? Like we're supposed to worship with people who aren't exactly like us. That's what worshiping in diversity together means, right? Um, so that being said, Leah said this earlier in announcements, and we're going to start something a little bit new with our teens sitting in here with us. So normally what we would do, kind of just to let you in on this, like in the in the like previous years, our sixth graders would kind of have like a quote-unquote, gap year, right? Like, um, I don't really don't really call it that, but like, it's kind of like a gap year. So they're finishing up fifth grade. Uh, we do a, a, a you know, a ceremony where we kind of promote them up into youth group, and they can start coming to youth group on Sunday nights. Um, and my belief is that hopefully our amazing team of youth volunteers are pouring into these teenagers, and these sixth graders specifically, and they're being discipled in that, in that time period on Sunday nights. Um, I believe they are. I think our youth leaders would say that as well. Um, hopefully, the sixth graders say that too. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but that's what our, our hope is and our desire is to see that time be a time for them on Sunday evenings where, where they are being discipled and they are encountering God together. So on Sunday mornings, our, our new vision, our new hope for the sixth graders being in this room um, is to see Them be able to become a part of this body, right? Worship and diversity together, right? So like they're younger, but again, what what Leah said, and I just, I mean, this is so so important to me as a youth pastor. I've heard this so many times, and it is so important. And I'm gonna say to you guys right here on the second row, the sixth grader, seventh grader, you do not have a junior version of the Holy Spirit. Like, and to my high school students right here, like you do not have a junior version of the Holy Spirit. Like. Anything that you see God do through any of these people in here, you can do too, because you have the same Holy Spirit inside of you, the same Holy Spirit inside of you. And I I am excited to see what's going to happen in the life of our students. It's strategic, guys. It's strategic. I'm excited to see what happens when they get in here and they become a part of this body worshiping together in the diversity of their ages. And so what Leah said to you guys, you guys are called to model that for these kids. Right, like that's what you're supposed to be doing, and I'm excited to see how that works. One church together, worshiping together in diversity of age—it's beautiful. Um, and so, we're, uh, working through all these things, that was one thing I just really, really wanted to hit on um, with with that—you know—the idea of bringing these students in here is knowing that. I mean, sure, obviously acknowledging that our kids' church back there gets super crowded, right? Like that definitely happens. Um, and so it frees up a little room back there. We have, we have an issue with our church right now. where We're outgrowing the space. And that is something we're praying through and seeing what God's going to do. Um, we would never have made this move if it was solely to free up space, right? Like that is not something we want to do. Um, the reason we made this move is because I have this vision of seeing right now there's five students sitting up here, right? I have this vision of seeing this whole, these first three rows filled up with young people, that are worshiping our God together with us, together in diversity. That's what I have this vision for. And I want to see that, and I'm looking forward to that. And I believe it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen, guys. I really do. Um, but I think that, obviously, with starting this together, um, you know, this together in diversity thing, worshiping together in diversity thing, like it's strategic. And I want you guys to, not only to know why we're doing it, but to help us with reaching that goal of seeing young people encounter the same God that we encounter every single Sunday here at Vineyard Church of Holly Springs. Um, and then our last thing, we worship together in word. Worship together in word. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, worshiping together in word what does that mean, right? You're like, okay, that sounds nice, but like, tell me how that, tell me how that works. Uh, I think again, we think through worshiping together in song. That's a huge thing. We worship together in song, and we sing words to, to our our Father in heaven. We sing words to Jesus. We sing, and we invite the Holy Spirit into our presence, right? These are things that we do with song. Um, we go out into creation, and we worship together in creation, right? Uh, We worship together in the things that we do, and we worship together in our diversity, being around people who are different than us. But when we worship in word, what that means is there are so many times that the words that we say, the things that that we come out of our mouths, can worship God together, you know? And I believe this, I mean, obviously a big part of this applies to prayer. Prayer is a time of worship. We are communicating with our Creator when we pray. And that is a beautiful thing where we can worship together in word. But there are other ways we can worship together in word too. Uh, I think it's important to do this. I think uh, Josh has mentioned this from up here before, Uh, but if if you guys are familiar with uh, Quaker, Quakers, right? What they do in their services is they literally come in and they sit together and they wait. They wait together to see what the Holy Spirit says to them. And then they wait for this word, and then when someone gets a word, they stand up and they give it, right? And I think that's a really, like, awesome and unique thing that we don't do a lot of. And uh, I think in our, our morning prayer time, we're kind of doing that now, right, a little bit. It's, it's, it's a time where we've made, created a little more time, 10 extra minutes. So, again, shameless plug for that, 9.50 Sunday mornings, um, a few extra minutes to get together, and we take about 25 minutes, and we sit and we wait to hear what the Lord is speaking to us, right? And Josh always typically reads a scripture, and we just talk together for, for a few minutes, um, and we ask the Holy Spirit to be present in this place. And we ask him to, to tell us what needs to happen that day in our service. Um, so I definitely recommend that time as a way for we, a way where we can worship together in word, 100%. That is the time where we can do that. But again, there are more ways we can do this. And there's one specific way uh, that I learned how to do this actually when I was in seminary. And I've, I've done it with our students before as well. Um, and I want to try it with you guys as, as well, too.